go. Success story, guys. Success story alert. Alfred <laughs> Perriman. He don't look know, too successful on his face. He looks I know like you don't grimacing. feel like it, Alfred. <laughs> I know you don't feel like it, but oh, that's God. how it is. That's how it is. It's like success. It doesn't just, oh, one day you wake up, oh, I'm successful. It's a process, man. What you guys are looking at right now is a man going through the process, three men going through the process, but one in particular with a site, startup site, Alfred Perryman. He's here to discuss how he got to where he is, what the next steps are. We're all three site owners here having conversations, but before we get into anything else, got to thank the sponsor, Viva, Viva Systems, E-Reg. They have a free thing. Alfred, did you know about this? No, free, I did not. Free what? E-Reg. Okay, okay, Alfred, I got to tell you about this, right? Not just free E-Reg. Viva understands they're playing the long game. So they're they're giving sites free E-Regulatory. So when your monitors, your monitors, you can just give them access and say, look, here's our regulatory docs. You don't need to come here right now. Just look at the regulatory from wherever you are. You don't need to come Mississippi right now. Hang out in Boston where you're at and and check out the E-Reg. But it's so it's free. Over 450 sponsors use Viva for the back-end stuff. They're the ones paying Viva. So they're subsidizing sites to get this. Most sites still don't use it, but Viva's trying to increase that. That's why I'm sponsored. When you sign up, you join the list that only sponsors see of sites using Viva. Hmm. I need that. I need that. It's just another, I mean, why not? Why not? That's the connection. Thank you, Viva, for sponsoring the podcast. Look, Alfred Perryman has been a client of ours for, it seems like forever, but it's only been what? Almost close to a year. <laughs> Almost a year. Man, Alfred really like this dude. He's such a likable dude. You you talk, I had my first conversation with Alfred. I'm like, I want this guy to succeed. And here we are a year later. He's successful. He doesn't even realize it yet, but he is. We're going to get through some of the common pain points of side owners it's a lot harder than you think it's a lot harder than we make it out to be even though we try but alfred's in mississippi he does clinical research there underserved is it's probably the epitome of underserved i mean yes it is if it wasn't for you there would be no research in that region at all sorry Uh, real, real quick for those who want specifics alfred joined our our service took up our service on february 25th that's right so 10 months ago yes 10 months man we moved quick wow you seeing like a lifelong a lifelong relationship (laughs) chris has had 10x the amount of conversations i have had with alfred but even i have logged in several hours of conversations with alfred yes and chris has logged in probably hundreds Yes. Uh, hundreds? Close you think I think that's to. accurate? Hundreds? I'm just throwing a number out there. Uh, <laughs> maybe single one hundred, not hundreds. Okay. Still in the hundreds. <laughs> I mean, anyways, underserved. Alfred, first of all, before we get into the pain points and all that stuff, the big picture. You're bringing research opportunities to miss to underserved rural Mississippi. If it wasn't for you doing that, there would be no research there, right? 
That is correct. Uh, out of the whole state, I think there's only three people doing research, and I am one of those three people. Um, That's so, amazing. That's yeah. amazing. What, what's what's the pop? I'm sorry. What's the population of Mississippi? Do you know? Ooh, that is a good question. I don't really know the population. The biggest city. Three million. And, I just googled it. Three, three million. million. Okay. Because the biggest city is the capital, which is Jackson, Mississippi, and they have um, surrounding areas about 150,000 people that are there. So kind of small city, because I know when you go other places, it's a million, two million, like in California, it's probably 20 million. But 40, uh, 40 million. 40 million. Oh, wow. But yeah, so yeah. it's, hey, two million people here. Um, and we are very underserved, uh, under, 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 way under. So let's get to the why first, okay? Why you you're doing well? I know your story, like a lot of your story, but you're you're operation director for medical supply company. Yes, you're doing well. So why? What would make someone doing well want to do something completely different, just to give themselves more stress? Like why? What's wrong with you, Alfred? <laughs> you know. Dan, I often ask myself that and I've had these conversations with Chris. Why have I done this to increase the stress on myself? Um, I think one thing is um, I'm a person who challenged myself to be a conqueror of, of several things. Um, like I told you before in our private conversation that for about three years or four years almost, I watched almost every last one of your videos um I, I think you've been on about three years or four years something like that and at that current time um Thank i you. i was financially stable when i first started watching your videos and i was like mm -hmm, i don't know if i can afford this and then i had a rough patch where that i decided to leave a job my income dropped and then i had to figure out life again and at that current time i was like this is not the great time but let me just do some study and let me do some research. Let me try to figure out if this is going to work. And then in 2020, 2019, and especially in 2020, I had the best year of my life financially. Uh, it was amazing why everybody else was suffering. Um, when it came to COVID-19, I was thriving in my insurance company. And I had another business, which is DME. It was thriving, too. So, um from there, I was like, hey, you know, I may want to get out of the DME world because it's very stressful and jump into what I've been looking at for the last three or four years. But come to find out that the level of stress in clinical research, um, especially as a newbie, as being very green, can be very, very challenging. And sometimes for me, sometimes I feel like I need Dan or I need Chris to be at my site physically to hold my hand. But I understand that you guys have sites, but you know, the mentorship is is pretty great. So we've been there with your problem, still in am there. Like we started kind of similar. My site here in Yuma Clinical Trail, July 2021, I moved out here. Before before we move too much off of that, off of what Alfred was saying, I'd just like to address one part of what he said there, if I can, Dan. Yes. Um, so at the beginning, um, you were talking about stress. And for everybody listening, I just want to say Alfred brought this on himself a bit. Because <laughs> I told him repeatedly when you're first starting out, one study's best. Did I not, Alfred? That's right. You did. You told me one study. Yeah, he, he has four studies. That's right. 
I have four studies and I'm a newbie and I had three studies going on at the same time. And to this day, I, my head hurt just because I decided to do it and I don't understand why I did it. But yeah. like I say, I'm a very aggressive person. So yeah. although um, it may not seem, if you meet me, it may not seem that I'm super aggressive, but when I put my mind to something, I want to 10X it and make it go fast. That's just who I am. I understand yeah. all of that, but it's first best to, to ride around on your training wheels, you know, yes, for a little right. while, get the hang of it. Then you take off the training wheels, right? But the reason I know where Alfred's coming right. from, he's can't say no. He's like me in in yes. a way where he, this is the same reason why he's jumping from his successful insurance and medical supplies to research. Doesn't sure. have to. Sure. He's well, saying yes to it. I say yes to it, damn near every opportunity we get. I only recently started saying no. And yes. I, I understand that. And I'm sure Alfred can absolutely relate. But what I'm trying to tell everybody listening, if you're thinking about getting into research, you're kind of naive. Don't take on too much, right? Right. Take on one study, learn that study, learn what's what needs to be done, the proper way of doing things. That way you're not setting yourself up to make massive errors and mistakes and and you know not be able to go to sleep at night and lose your hair. Yeah. yeah. But that's like that's like a that's like a boxer telling people, hey, you know what? Don't be a boxer. Like you know, no, this is for me. This no, is for that's me. not what I'm saying. Not what I'm saying. You're a heavyweight. You're a heavyweight boxer. Start yeah. start with the featherweights. You know, <laughs> take on a featherweight. Okay. Understand. Good analogy. So, so to add to to what um, Chris is saying, is Chris did tell me, Alfred, you need to do just one site and focus on one site. And I was like, well, Chris, hey, you know, I've been I've been plowing at sending emails, been plowing at doing this, talking on the phone, filling out feasibility studies. And um, I can tell you all about some of the pain points of one that we missed for a mistake that I made. And it like crushed me, really, uh, because I, I invested so much of my time into it. And I kind of took a few months off from my insurance because I had my residual income coming already because I wanted to make this work. But then because I felt like I was losing on this end because I took a few months off, I wanted to make sure that I um, I wanted to make sure that I had the um, had the amount of people that I wanted to get or the sites that I wanted to get. So I got a study. And in that one study, they accepted three of my sites. And so instead of me saying no to two of them, I said yes to all three. And Chris said, are you sure about this? I said, Chris, we're going to make it work. And um, it's barely working. <laughs> so how's that working? So where where's this, where are the sites in relation to one another? Um, uh, so the sites, are, all the sites are about an hour apart from each other. Um, so my site is from my Jackson site. It's about, um, hour and 35, hour and 40 minutes. And then the other two sites are right at about 45, 50 minutes away from each other. And the amazing thing about it is we're doing research. We do not cross paths in any three of the locations. We do not cross paths, uh, for its clients or anything when it comes to the COVID research and, then we got some other research that's coming aboard. And like right now, I got like eight feasibility studies that I need to fill out that uh, people have been calling me about. And I've been so focused on trying to make sure these sites stay up and mobile that we don't get a bad name. 
And, what indications uh, were the the one that gave you three sites? Which say it again? What uh what was the indication for the study that that gave you three three it's locations? It's COVID. The one that gave it to oh, you. COVID. Three different okay. sites. Okay. Yeah. It, it was a COVID study. Uh, it's antiviral pill. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But you just signed a contract today for another study at, at one of your sites, right? Correct. That is correct. Just signed that one in. Um, we actually ha- uh, we actually have another study that I got to sign some paperwork on. Um, I don't know how it's going to be, but uh, I- I'm kind of delaying on that one because now I'm trying to listen to you, Chris. <laughs> but well, they now, keep- now you're going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's a cirrhosis to the liver study. And we actually have two people uh, at one of my sites. We actually have two people who are waiting on the study. But uh, I'm I'm afraid I'm not really afraid, but I'm trying to to listen now to not put too much on me because I'm I'm actually managing all of this by myself right now. You're at the stage where you've got the table set up. You just gotta like eat the meal now because and and not bring on more food. So just right. like take care of it. I'm assuming you have assistants, MAs helping here and there, like but they're not like actual coordinator. You're the coordinator. Yes, that is correct. They are assisting a little bit that, that they are in house with some of the doctor's offices. But um, I, I made a commitment myself that I'm going to hire two people and I interviewed one today and hopefully um, I'm, I'm going to offer, I'm going to make an offer and we can get started to, to start kind of like releasing me of all these duties uh, physically being there and I can manage on some of the other things and then allow that person to take on all of the day-to-day operation. So in these 10 months, that's amazing, by the way, amazing growth. I knew it happened in the underserved. All you got to say is underserved. Yeah. And like, I mean, if they're just going to be giving you as many projects as you want. Have you enrolled in randomized patients? Yes. So we have enrolled and randomized several patients at one site. Two of the sites, the um, the sub eyes were not really ready, uh, and both in one site I um, I didn't enroll six people because the sub eye was not ready. That's one of those challenging things that you didn't you didn't I didn't want to put any pressure on them because I had some issues with the other site that we've randomized several subjects. And so I wanted to make sure that we were clear on everything, but they were a little afraid. So I just kind of lost money with not randomized. And then the third site, uh, it was about four people that I could have randomized, but I did not randomize them because we didn't have the full infrastructure set up. So those are the things that happen when you're kind of, when you have three sites, only one person. And then um, every, uh, you know, the sponsor company know my name now. They literally know my name because I have three sites and I'm naive. And they was like, how did he get three sites in the end naive? Do they like you though? (laughs) I say, well, hey, I guess the personality takes takes you a nice long way, right? But they like you, right? Like the monitors, all that. You have interactions now with the monitors. Oh yeah. Same monitor, all three sites are different. It's actually the same monitor at all three sites. Yep. So you're getting and to know her well? Yes. Yes. That's a whole other podcast on monitor. You know, monitors can help you, especially when you hire this first, like, full-time person. 
Uh-huh. Monitor relationships. Monitor, yeah, yeah, monitor relation with sites. The what I did, so I hired my first employee. She's a CNA. Uh I started July 2021. It wasn't until March 2022 I hired her. That entire time I was screen failing patients for a study I couldn't get anyone randomized on. Mm-hmm. And I was getting more studies. Uh, so once I got a study I knew I can randomize in, we hired this girl. She shadowed me for three months. She's now able to see patients on her own without me going. Like They're taking care of problems, answering queries and all that. But she had to shadow me for three months. But I had my first two CRAs kind of train her. I said, hey, you know, I know it's not your job to train a coordinator, but she's a new CRC. I'd like you to call. I'd like you when when you go through like the action items to call her in and go through it with her. So they in a way they will like train your staff like mm-hmm. indirectly even though it's not their job. They will train your staff. So um, so, so use advantage of that. So you need to kind of put a asterisk next to that Dan. So this is true depending on the monitor. Yeah. That's <laughs> why so I asked do they like you? Yeah. Uh, and I would say that's true 80% of the time. I think about 20%, maybe even less, maybe 10%, it won't be true. They won't do that. Oh, yeah. No. So you got to figure out. But the Alfred seems to be a people's person. Sure. He's a man of the people, and people are going to like him. But th- they'll help you out. But this is for other people, too. I'm just throwing it out there so oh, they're yeah. aware. If it's you're not, not a people person, get it's it. not going to be a people person. What's wrong with you? It's not going to be everybody will agree to do this in any, in any way. I agree. I agree. Um, Right. Well, I will, since we're talking about that just a little bit. So one of the things that I do do, and I pride myself on it, is, you know, um, just inside the day of a CRC or inside the day of a person who's on a site, is you get sent emails from the CRAs who's coming to view your site for your pre-site selection visit. You get them to review your site for uh, SIV visits and when they come into the area. Uh, when they're doing just their regular evaluations on you, if they have to come every two weeks, every six weeks, every seven weeks, I tell them, I say, y'all stress me out because uh, with this study, they have so many issues with other sites in my site that they wanted to come every two weeks. Like you, they have to come within two weeks of randomizing the the the, um, the subject. And what I what I do is one of the things I do, and I think that just bridge over the relationship is because I am in rural Mississippi. I kind of ask the question, like, where are you staying, where you want to, what what type of food choices you like to eat. And so in the email, I send back, like, if they tell me the hotel, I'll tell them if it's safe enough for them and it's a good location. And I also give them two or three food items of what they can try when they're here. So I try to bridge the gap with them to let them know, hey, I'm here to support you as you come in to evaluate me. I'm here to support you to make sure that you're safe and the safety of you as you coming into a new city and a new area or a new country town to make sure that you're protected too. And I think uh, I've noticed that every last one of them had um, sent me emails back. Oh, thank you. You're so kind and you're so thoughtful. And so just from there, you build the relationship too, I think. You're like a concierge. For, oh, yeah, you have to be. Not only am I your coordinator and the site owner, but uh, I'll help uh I'll be your travel guide, your tour guide in uh, Mississippi. That's awesome, Alfred. All right, so next step, definitely staffing. And now you've joined the club of 
most site owners, because you can only grow so far doing everything yourself, especially at three sites, an hour and a half apart. It's crazy, man, but it's it's ne- it was necessary. That's right. It was necessary. So next step, because now you can't take on more studies until you get this under control. Yes. You need to get this under control so you can get more studies. So yes. how close are you? You said you were interviewing somebody or you're about to interview somebody. Yes, I, I interviewed a person. I've got to interview two more. Um, I'm going to hire them. They basically going to be for one site. They're not going to be for all three because I don't want to make them travel to all three sites. That's a yeah. lot for each individual person. So I'm basically looking for one person for this site and then looking for a person that may live like in the Jackson or Pittsburgh area because it's only a 45 minute difference. And then once we start getting more than one study at each site, then I'll be looking to hire a third person and then I'll designate each person to each site. Give me an archetype of this person you're going to hire. Who are they? Like an MA? What are they? Like a. So, this AMG. person is. The, so, the person that I'm looking to hire is a phlebotomist. And uh, several of them, uh, in, in several of the um, resumes that I have, they have CNA skills or licenses as a CNA and as a phlebotomist. So, uh, I'm looking at a person like that because. Uh, Although I'm licensed to draw blood, but it's been several years since I have drawn blood and I don't want to really, I don't mind, but I don't want to get into the day to day that I have to draw blood when I can at least get somebody else to draw the blood and I can manage the workflow a little bit better. Mercy. And what's your plan? Do you have a game plan for training them or like, um, do you want us to kind of chime in on what you should do? Ah, uh, yeah. Now that's the question that I have. I can train them a little bit, but you know, because I am still green in a lot of areas and I bump my head a lot and I've learned a lot from that one study. I do know some things that I need to do, but hey, all 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 hands on deck. I would love to hear what you all have to say. Chris, you want to go first? No. <laughs> the easy answer is hey, join the CRC Academy, but I'm I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, and I think that is definitely something you should consider, but since they're already going to be working on one of your studies, you could do that. So, uh, my first hire Desiree, we did put her in the CRC Academy, Okay. but simultaneously she was shadowing me for three months. Same thing with Katie, our next hire. And we haven't hired anyone since we're, I think in January or February, we will a third. Um, so they both were in the CRC Academy, but, and this is very similar to your situation. I was there to train them. So when there's a patient visit, a lot of the things you can do remotely, like you can teach them startup regulatory, you could teach them regulatory maintenance, you could teach them all the stuff you can do remotely, you can do. And I think Viva is going to help you also because you can, you can see the regulatory documents electronically they don't need to scan and email them they're just they upload it they maintain it esource would help you too but that maybe that's for later viva doesn't currently have esource so for that you'd have to get another vendor when there's a patient visit you need to go there right and you need to just be there and you guys do the visit together you figure Mm -hmm. out all the platforms so you'll create like a cheat sheet for every visit, like at visit one. And and the trick is visit one and two, screening and baseline, mm-hmm. are the toughest visits. If you can do those two visits, you can do all of them because it's the same vendors you're going to use. Yes. Mm-hmm. So 
Screening and baseline important to make a cheat sheet for those visits. A cheat sheet meaning first thing you do, inform consent. Second thing you do, do you have their medical records? Yes or no. Third thing is go through the protocol. Like that's where you go through the schedule of assessments for visit one. And that's where it gets tricky. That's where you need to go to this IRT link to do this. You need to give them this survey. That's another link. You need to then create like an e-diary. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. You got to do EKG. There's another link for that. You got to send the labs. Here's how you do the labs. You got to, uh, there's so much. Yes. Have that all in one Word doc with links to the places they need to go, like the platforms and the order of the assessments. That's what we've done. It's helped tremendously because once you get that in order and you do your first screening visit, for example, the second one, you might feel comfortable to let them do it on their own. You'll still go there, but let them do most of it. And if they run into issues, you're there. Boom. You also got to teach them how to document properly at screening. It's the process of consent. So you got to teach them, this is how you got to document. This is when you're going to get the PI to sign off on the visit. Like literally every single aspect, you got to show them at the first visit. The second visit, so the second screening, the second patient, same visit, you let them do more of it. The third one, you let them do all of it. The fourth screening visit, so you need to get patients to you. You don't even go. You you stay home or your other office and let them do it. And if there's an issue, they call you and you can work it out. Same thing for baseline. The other visits, you're good. Once they get past those two visits, they're good. Baseline's super important because you need to make sure that that patient qualifies. You don't want to randomize a patient that's not supposed to be in the study. Mm -hmm. So that's like super important that you're there. Every IE criteria, you go through it. You make a point to explain what you're looking for. Hey, you see here it says uh, no um, no anxiolytics. What does that mean? Let's Google it. Let's compare it to what she's taking. I don't see any here. She's good. Like to that level of detail. If you do this for three months with your staff member, your first yeah. hire, the next hire you make at that site, your employee could train them. And you can so, do a little bit less. That's the way I did it. I only have one site, though. You have three. So being uh, that Alfred's situation is a little different than most people are going to watch this video, I would assume. My advice to Alfred would be different than my advice to people watching this video. People watching this video is the advice I would give Dan Gabe. Okay. Yours would, the advice for you is a little different just because, and Dan doesn't know this uh, specifics to what's going on with your sites as I do. So mm -hmm. it's a little different than Dan. So yes, uh, just to reiterate what Dan said, if you're a new site, you have yet to take on a study or you only have one study, absolutely go through the CRC Academy, learn the processes of being a good coordinator and all of that. Now, Alfred is well past that point, right? He took uh, the CRC Academy. He did, but he's well past that point. Um, I think if I were Alfred, the way I would go, because the three studies he has right now, now correct me if I'm wrong, Alfred, are closing in 10 days. That is correct. So right now, that would be my only concern. None of, nothing else is, is important in terms of hiring somebody or doing any of that, because they'll have no play within these 
next 10 days for those three studies. Yes. I, I would try and get a patient at each of the three sites. Unfortunately, each of the three, because you want each PI, at least one patient at each site. So each PI at least has contributed data. That would mm -hmm. be my first mission. And unfortunately, you're just going to have to deal with the data collection and be the coordinator for all three. Once those three studies have shut down, you have a new contract in place, and that study will probably start up in the new year in terms mm -hmm. of you'll have your SIV. Um, what I would do is hire somebody and train them. They don't necessarily have to go through the CRC Academy. The way I would approach that is you would, like Dan said, you would be there for every patient scene. Um, and I would do that for the first couple of months before I try to get a study elsewhere. Then as I'm looking to get studies for my other two sites, I would also hire somebody else for one of those other two sites and have them train with you and the other coordinator that you have at the one site so that, so that you can kind of release them, right? Release the Kraken on your new site yes. with a study and have them handle what goes on there try and get them trained or even hire both at the same time, two at once. Um, that's a possibility too. So that you have one trained now for the one site and you have one that you're training for a future study at another site, depending on what type of money you're looking to spend. Um, that's the approach I would take personally, if I were you. Yes, and I agree. And that's the approach that I am going to take because I do have 10, 10 days and, and my goal is to get three uh, randomized patients in each one of the other two sites because I lost the ones because everybody wasn't ready. So that's what I was going to do. But what I will say is everyone who's watching this video, the 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 exact measures that Dan said is what everyone needs to listen to. Um, I did it a little differently. So we had mock um, patients to come through and I technically was the mock after we went through a tabletop sitting and talking about everything and I went through all the schedule of events and everything with them. Then I was the mock patient because we couldn't find nobody at the time and I walked in and we did everything. What I found out with that is that because I was the person who was training them, they didn't take me seriously as sitting in the seat. And so we made a lot of mistakes. And another thing that happened is that you have to really be very structured and you really have to make sure that you put, um, I guess, somewhat of your demands, what you expect out of your site, if it's the sub-I, the PI, whatever. because. It's oftentimes, uh, well, where I fail that is that the sub-I is there, but the sub-I is technically not the coordinator, and the sub-I does not want to read all of the study material. So that's why it's important for the coordinator to be there to guide the sub-I and the PI alone. And because I was trying, because they wanted to learn the whole process and I was trying to guide them through the whole process that we made errors because I wasn't there guiding it. And I was kind of letting the sub, I got it. So if I tell anybody, if there's anything that I can tell you is 
make sure if you're going to own a site and you're going to be the clinical coordinator, you read everything that you're supposed to read. You understand the schedule of events. You, um, you ask Dan and, and, and uh, Chris every question that you possibly can think of and have them on the phone, even when you randomize the patient if you can, and go from there to guide the work. Because as a sub-I or a PI, they're in their day-to-day -day routine. And honestly, clinical research is totally different from just being in regular clinic. It's a lot of more paperwork. It's a lot of more... Um, it, it's so meticulous that you have to be very detailed. And I think I was too lax when we got our first patient in when I should have been there on every step of the way. Yes, that was the first mistake I made on my first site back in 2006, 2005, 2006. I just got thrown into it. And when I started hiring my first employees, I got very, um, very much backseat trying to grow the business and I ignored the operations a little. Um, this time around, I didn't do that. Well, it's still a work in progress, but so far we've been good. Like we've done really well on an arthritis study, which is our first real study that we're actually making money on. We've had other studies, but uh, we haven't made any major mistakes and we've actually, we're a rescue site and the sponsor really likes us. They're going to give us more studies because we were able to enroll so quickly awesome. and it's with two new coordinators like i had a i had a, like some involvement there but once they got the hang of it the process i just went through you know i took a step back like now i don't even know all the patients names honestly oh wow um, i haven't met even all the patients like there's still like two or three i haven't met yet but they're being seen and I use we use Creo, so we have eSource, and we use uh, Viva. So I could kind of work from home half of the week and look remotely. And I'm teaching my wife also how to like do a QA check on Creo to check the source. I think that's something you might want to consider too, is eSource, especially with having three sites. But I wouldn't worry about that yet until you guys start enrolling like a steady flow of patients. Yes, because right now you still have to prove that you can consistently enroll right yes um we know you can get studies we know you can even enroll patients here and there but to keep that payroll going you got to consistently enroll yes and so that's the next challenge for you but these are all good problems to have man you're making progress and i know you're feeling it because man I, we were all there chris was there same situation, maybe not Whoa. with three sites, man. You are ambitious as as hell. <laughs> Hats off to you. <laughs> Hats off to you, man. I mean, yeah, that's that's uh, there's a lot to even just with one site, like it is going through all this. Well, well, just uh, real quick, just to show you how crazy Alfred is. Uh, his first study opportunity was a phase one study and he was doing everything he could to try and get it. And I was telling him, man, I don't know if you really want this study. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to hire Carla Vera Navas, who's the phase one guru. Yeah, to, like so live in Mississippi for a while until you figure it out. So yes. his, first, his first study he wanted to take was a phase one. I think it had a 30 day inpatient stay and he's just nuts. 
<laughs> thank God hey, I didn't get that one, man. Hey, you know what? I, I do thank God that I didn't get that one. Because like, <laughs> now that I see all the work and tail into it, and I was like, man, to do this for 30 days with this one patient and then got to go through this, 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 this. And it was a schizophrenia study. And I was like, man, I would be I, like, I don't have no hair now. I would have little gray screens popping up everywhere. And you would have no eyebrows. I you would have no eyebrows. <laughs> okay, so, so let's articulate why. Okay, I know you didn't do the phase one, but it's hard enough with the studies you do have. But people outside looking, like, you know, there's other entrepreneurs out there, just like Alfred, or mm-hmm. there's doctors out there saying, hey, what's so hard? Like, I've been listening for 40 minutes. I still don't understand what's so hard about this. Like, can you articulate maybe, like, why? Because it's hard to do. But why yes. is it so much? Why is it so stressful? So, because it is another language. Research is another language. And anytime you learn a new language, it is very stressful. I only speak one language, which is English. But I remember when I was in high school and I had to learn Spanish and it was very challenging. And research, it is very challenging because you have to look at the whole big picture, but not only look at the whole big picture, you got to look at the assessment part. Yes, doctors know how to do the assessment, nurse practitioners, PAs, they know how to do the assessment. But do you know how to do the assessment the way that they want you to do it at that sponsor company? And then all of the required paperwork, all of the inclusion factors, all of the exclusion factors, all of the paperwork, all of the data analysis that you have to put in, all of the responses you have to put in from lab work that you have to review this, that they asking you where this one is, we missed this sample, all of the shipping that you have to do and all of all of the operation side from A to Z. And I will tell any doctor or nurse practitioner who's doing it, you need somebody like me to come in and help you to do it. I wouldn't suggest you do it on your own. You're going to get somebody like me or you're going to get somebody who's very competent, but they're very proactive and that you're going to be able to have them to be there to be able to work out your plan. And sometimes if they don't have any skin in the game, they don't want to work out the plan for you. So you have to evaluate that, too. But it's just basically speaking another language. I was like, oh, I've done research before. Oh, I've done this because I have a degree in chemistry. Well, I tell you, I've done research on the bench, but it's totally different because this research is your gathering data for that sponsor company, for that PhD to review, for that other doctor to review. And they want that data to be correct. And when that data is not correct, they are upset because they're spending a lot of money getting things shipped to you. They're spending a lot of money getting you all the things that you have, they're giving you a lot of money. So um, I'll just tell you this. If you don't know the language of research, which I am still so green, but I have learned so much with being so ambitious with having three sites. But if you don't know the language of research, please take it slowly. Please. Yeah, absolutely. Just to add on to it, you know, there are vendors that, we as sites often have to procure. So I have a arthritis study. Actually, I actually have two arthritis studies now. The first one, you needed an x-ray vendor. Okay. So we found one. We we, we had a relationship with, with uh, the biggest x-ray vendor in Yuma. But guess what? We got to have them do trainings. And mm-hmm. those are not my employees. 
So I got to get on the phone. Like today, we are, we're starting a new arthritis study. I had to call the x-ray vendor and say, look, the CRA is telling me you have a training outstanding. Like, how can I help you? Like, let's get it done. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't even see the email. What email? Who is it? I had to tell him the name of the company. He searched his inbox live on the phone with me. He's like, oh, yeah, my bad. I just assumed, like, because I get a lot of emails from people I don't know that this is, like, something <laughs> I don't need to do. Yeah. I'm like, no, man, this is my job. This is why I'm calling you. And this is the next phase of what I'm training my coordinators to do. We have another study where we needed an optometrist. My coordinator, Desiree, has been dealing with the optometrist. Hey, what kind of equipment do you have? I need details. Let me come in. I see you're busy. Let me come in and get this information from you. Mm-hmm. There's forms we have to fill out. We'll fill it out together. By the way, there's trainings you got to do too. I'm sorry. Let's do it. Yeah. These are some of the things that go unspoken, but this is a lot of time. I mean, this is like hours of work and yeah. it, we're not even doing the study. We're not yeah. doing the study yet. Yes. <laughs> and, and when you're talking about training, even the, um, because I, I, I got a little frustrated one time um, and Chris know about this, but all of the, um, all of the software companies that you have to use, uh, for your e- EDC and all of that, they have their own training that takes about an hour and a half, you know, sometime two hours. And then uh, not only that, but when you're so new and so green, you're already afraid of the system because you don't want to mess anything up. Then you go through this training and the training is basic and you only remember about 20% of the training. Then you get into <laughs> the system and then from the system, you're looking at it and saying, oh my God, I don't really know what I'm doing. But then you finally break the nerve to get it done. So even with that, um, I told them, uh, I told some of my staff um, at, at the sites, I said, you know, I didn't plan on having a full-time job, but this has been a full-time job for me. Beyond a full-time job. And another thing is like the IRB, you know, you have to do the initial IRB approval. You have to do continuing. Do you know how grateful I was when I hired my first coordinator? I had her do the IRB um, and now she knows better than I do how, how these portals work. She knows, like, I'm like, hey, Katie, please take care of that. Oh, yeah, sure. She logs in. She does it. When she has a question here or there, like, um, something about research she doesn't understand, she'll ask Mm -hmm. me. But as far as doing it, she does it. It feels so good once you get that, like, unlock. You know, it's like now you have more time. You can work on growing the business. You can work on quality control. Because the next step is going to be, okay, is the coordinator doing what they need to do? How do I ensure that? That's more quality assurance, quality control, because once you enroll patients, you know, now the problem is how do I make sure we're not making a lot of deviations, especially deviations that impact patient safety. So that's a whole nother role. Like that's going to be where you're going to have to move towards is that role until you can promote one of your CRCs to take that role. And this is why I think eSource and eReg is going to help you because you can promote your best coordinator from all three sites to be mm-hmm. the QA person right yeah. now. It's me and my wife. We do it. We don't have that much time, but we do it, mm-hmm. but it's ideal if we had one of these coordinators be promoted to that role where they're doing QA QC because that's next. Right. I agree. And we didn't even talk about patient recruitment. <laughs> I just interviewed somebody who started as an MA. Now she's in regulatory affairs. She was a coordinator. She said the majority of her time 
was spent pre-screening patients. Oh, wow. So she spent more time pre-screening, seeing who qualifies, than she did actually being a coordinator. Yeah. That's something we haven't even discussed. Like, where are you getting your patients from? It's so much. But the opportunities are there. There's a lot of money to be made. You've seen these budgets, Alfred. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're nice. That's the ultimate carrot on the stick. It makes all these problems worth solving. (laughs) Yeah, they're nice, especially if you can get people to come in. They're nice. They're really nice. So anybody who's listening, they're really nice. So these are problems worth solving. How would you compare this business, everything, the pain points, the stress, and the opportunity to your other businesses that you've had in medical sales and um, uh, insurance? So mm, it's, it's, I mean, it it can be lucrative for everyone. So I like that point that it's lucrative for the doctors, it's lucrative for you, it's lucrative for your CRCs and everyone that's on your staff. So I like that part. Um, it is very challenging when you're so new, you don't have a system in place or you do establish a system, but the system does not work with that system. Um, and this has been, and I've owned several businesses. I think right now, this one has been really challenging for me because I have to kind of focus and stop everything else that I'm doing to focus on this because just to fill a feasibility study out sometime would take your hour, you know? And then with me, I'm filling out feasibility studies for three sites. You know, I'm sending emails out for three sites. I did hire a virtual assistant. I actually have two virtual assistants that work from the Philippines that I have them to send out all my emails now. And Uh, yeah, they send out all my emails. They do all of that. And what I'm trying to train them on is filling out the feasibility studies, but it's very challenging for them for the feasibility studies because they don't understand the United States way of medicine. So they're still, they fill out the first five questions, but I still got to fill out the other 20 questions. And so that can, that is a challenge there. And I am trying to learn more myself where I can teach my BAs to be able to do things uh, like right now, all of um, the site we have, we have randomized several people and they've randomized two people tonight. And what we're doing now is all of their documents are uploaded into one of our drives and my VAs go and pull them out and they go and put all the data collection in there. So I'm putting small systems. So you're basically together. doing e-source without using the e-source system. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I am trying to put systems together. And although it is challenging, uh, but we're, we're getting some headway. I tell you what, uh, from the day that I started to now, I have jumped leaps and bounds. And when we start this study, this, this next study that's going to start in January, oh, we, we, we are not going to have many mistakes at all. What's the indication for this one in January? So it is a pediatric migraine study. Wow. So you have a pediatrician on board. So actually, I have a psychiatrist who um, who sees, because in the state of Mississippi, there are not many psychiatrists, so they basically get trained to see kids, adolescents, and regular adults too. So because his site has kids that come in there and he does see some kids with migraines uh, because he's double boarded, he's internal medicine and he's uh, psych. 
And so we're, we were able to get that study that they needed. So we're, we're going to see how it works. It's actually a 52 week study. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. We didn't even talk about like the struggle of getting your first doctor, by the way, with all through all your struggles, I mean, it's a slow path, but it snowballs quickly. I think this next year will be your opening of starting to get like Chris and I, we own this site in Yuma. Uh-huh. We just paid ourselves. I have the check here, actually. I have to cash be, it. Be, before, since you're talking money, just real quick, that was Scott. So it's Dan and my uh, CPA. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I'm just telling the general audience, as you uh, you as well, Alfred. Um, so sorry I was on the phone, but I saw him calling, and I had sent him an email like, what the hell are you talking about? We owe this kind of money. So I was on the phone with him having to explain what's going on here. So. Mm-hmm. I got to talk to Dan about this when we're done. And sorry, everybody was on the phone who could see me on the phone, but nobody could see you. It's on speaker mode, but uh, you just outed yourself. So now everyone knows. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, fair enough. I was going to say, though, how, like, through this, through this time, like, the money, like, we have our first check. It's been uh, over a year, a year and a half. Finally, we paid ourselves back. We're starting to pay ourselves back. Awesome. And our PIs have been very patient. How have yours been? And how is that? Because that's a whole nother podcast episode in and of itself. Before you answer that, Alfred, I just want to throw this out there for everybody that's listening. So because we get this a lot from clients that don't understand or or potential clients, I should say, that just don't understand that it's going to take a while until you see revenue. And think about this, everybody. This is Dan and I, right? You all think we're, we're, we're what? Uh, I can't think of the word that we're going to help you immensely in generating revenue. And we do. But the thing is, is it takes time to put money in your pocket. You just have to understand this and research. You and effort. This. Look at Alfred. Yep. So it definitely takes time. Alfred's been doing this for 10 months now. Mm-hmm. Um, he had his first study about four or five months ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he still hasn't put really any money in his pocket. You get startup fees, right? But outside of that, you haven't put really any money in your pocket. No. So, so it takes it takes a while. You have to be prepared to take a while to make some money. But once you get that started, then it gets nice, right? Then you can, I mean, Alfred's not there yet. So he, he, can't, he, he can't testify to this, but it gets nice. Well, it's one thing, the, it's one thing for the business owner to know that. And it's another thing for the PI. So how did you like these are new PIs mm-hmm. also, right? Like, how did Absolutely. you absolutely Keep them from saying, hey, Alfred, I'm signing all this stuff, man, meeting all these monitors, but not getting paid. Right. So that that has been some of my driving force of my um, tenacity and my anxiety mixed together. Because it was funny because just just last week I had a conversation with the doctor and he said, he said, look, I hired this nurse practitioner to start doing this research. And I was like, hey, doc, I told you, you just do the research and hire somebody lower level first. And then after we get two or three studies, then you hire a nurse practitioner. You wanted to jump the gun. So I cannot be responsible for that. So I'm very honest with my with my PIs. That's one. Uh, secondly, uh, I do. I am trying to do it. But I explained to them. I think we had a great way because we 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 got selected to do a site visit in August. I mean, in June. In June, we got selected to do this study here. We got selected to do a site visit in June. We did it in June. Two weeks later, 
um, they said, yes, you were awarded the study based upon the SIV favorable and stuff like that. It took three months to get the SIV done. And then when we got the SIV done, then it took another month before the study was opened up and released to us. So that process itself was long and I had to communicate with the doctors and the PIs and the sub-PIs and tell them, hey, we're going to get it. But then the other thing that I tell them is I can't get paid. I mean, you can't get paid until I get paid and I'll make sure that you get your money. And so uh, one of the things that I'm finding out now is because we have not received any money. And I tell them now, if you don't enter the data into the system, the system is not going to generate to pay you. So I need you all, although we're seeing these patients in there on the source documents, there is the electronic piece that we have to put the documentation in and we need to make it. And my staff provide the 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 um, the data analysis people for them. So I have virtual assistants for that. But if you don't give me the information that I need and you have not signed all the documents or the source documents, then my staff cannot do it. So the longer you wait to give it to me, the longer it's going to be for you to get paid. And then I explained to them that, it, you know, in the contract, it has over 30 days or 60 days or 90 days to get paid. But that's based upon randomizing your first visit. And um, the, the great thing that I would tell you, it is better to work with a, a site that is already currently seeing patients. It is not great to work with a site that they may have two or three patients and they are hoping that you come save them in the research arena for them to make their ends meet. Because that can be a whole nother headache because out of my three sites, I have one site that want ends to be met. And so it puts a little bit more pressure on me because they want me to get them studies, get them studies, get them studies. And when I go back and I tell them, I say, I need you to just get patients. You see your patients and you, you worry about the flow and the continuity of your patients. And before you know it, within a year times, you're going to have an overflow of money that you, you, you won't even expect. So that, that has been a challenge. And I will tell you, you have to be anybody that's in my position or Dan's or Chris, you have to be bold enough to tell them, Hey, look, this is when, you know, we don't know when you're going to get paid, but trust and believe me that you will get paid, but you also have to make, you have to make them trust you or, and, you know, have some form of greater influence to have them to trust you to know that you're not just there trying to take over them. And I tell my PIs all the time, I'm just like, look, I'm not here. I'm here to work as a team, as a partnership where we can be here for 10 years on out. I'm trying to make the job easier because it's difficult for you and just know that I'm new at this, too. But I want to bring it into the area because I think it's something that needs to be. And I find the relationship piece. Uh, some people want money. Some people want status. So you got to figure out what it is that they want, and then you meet their need based upon that. Chris, they, I mean, that's, we can dissect that for another hour. Well, it's excellent advice. I mean, absolutely. We tell potential clients all the time, you, you know, uh, patience is the most difficult aspect of this and you don't want to work with a physician or a nurse practitioner or what the case might be if they don't have the patients. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, it's not that you don't want to work. You can. It's just more difficult if they don't have patience. So yeah, we get approached like often by client potential clients who have no plan for how to. I mean, imagine all the work you did, Alfred. Right. Yes. And then you get the study, SIV's done, and now you can't find patients. It's hard enough, even when your doctors do 
have a database. I have a study for diabetes now where we're supposed to take people insulin naive that are uncontrolled diabetes and have them try insulin. And it's very tough to convince somebody to do that. So they yes. may see hundreds of patients in their database, maybe 50 of them qualify that we see right now, but you know, we got to talk to them and it's not an easy conversation. It's not like everyone's going to say, yes, give me insulin. So, so there's three hurdles in research and I don't know if Alfred's going to agree with this. I think I told him this a long time ago, but there's three hurdles and this gets back to what you were just saying, Dan, the most, the easiest hurdle that seems the most difficult at first is getting a PI. That's the easiest of the three hurdles, mm -hmm. right? You have to have a PI to do research. Then to make any money, you have to get a study, right? <laughs> so that's the next most difficult hurdle is getting your first study. And the most difficult hurdle, which nobody agrees with when they don't understand research, is getting patients. So <laughs> a, you're certainly not making any money unless you get some patients, right? So in order, it goes, uh, the most difficult step is patients. The next most difficult is getting studies. And then PI is the easiest of the three. Would you agree yeah. with that, Alfred? Yes, I would. Um, I, I would definitely... Um... I would definitely agree with that um, to, I, I am just in, I would agree with that, but I'm in a difference. The state that I'm in, the underserved population that I have, um, I would agree with you. I would say I would agree with you wholeheartedly on it all, but. Um, so maybe, maybe where you're at in Mississippi, maybe number one and two, number two are switched for you, potentially. Mm -hmm. Right. Number maybe one. maybe getting patients is easier than getting a study for you, at least at this point. Yes. Yeah, so getting patients is a little bit easier for me. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, it's not hard. Put it out there. People call. Um, the community is, is well knit. And so when I put something out like tonight, I'm going to put out um, that I need someone who has COVID. And I'm going to be out of town this weekend, but I guarantee you by Sunday, I should have about three or four just for me, just putting it out on Facebook, just saying, hey, have you ever thought about doing a COVID study? If you have COVID, this, this, this or whatever. So and that's how one of the other sites have done, because we got a really late start. We got held up and everything. But as of tonight, uh, one of the studies is randomizing two people. That's going to make us at nine people total right now for the study. And we've only Congrats. we've only been in this study for we've only been enrolling people for three weeks. And I think that's really good. And they stopped us for a week. They stopped us from enrolling because we made mistakes. They stopped us for put a week. You on, put you on screen hold. Yeah, they, they put me on they put me on screen hold for a while. And then finally they released us and then we say, okay, we're ready to hit it hard because now we got we got 15 IP drugs and we're ready to try to enroll all 15 in the next week. And I know that we can do it and I told them that we can do it and, and everybody get a bonus that we can enroll all 15. So wow. that's what we're working on. And um but, you know, with with the doctors, um, it just depends on how you present it to them. Uh, it depends on if you, um, I have experience with dealing with doctors when I had with my DME. So I will, I know doctors' pain points. So if you know doctors' pain points and you know what, if you can fit the doctor's need and then to add value to them, then they will give you a try. Uh, but you got to go to them being very honest because so many people try to use doctors or PIs um, they try to use them. So you got to make sure that you're on the 
as my parents would say, you're on the up and up, that you're you're very direct with them, but you let them know that you can be trusted. Um, so th those are the things. Uh, but shucks, for me, the, <laughs> the most difficult thing is not knowing research. That's been the most difficult thing for me. Of it's course. just not knowing research and not having, you know, not having somebody right next to me on my shoulder to be able to help me because I don't have anybody that's in this area that say, hey, they have done research and then go from there. So I think that's my biggest, biggest hurdle is just not knowing research. But I tell you what, I'm very determined. And within the next six months, I'm going to know research at the back of my hand. And you're going to come back and you're going to say, man, how did you enroll 100 people in this study? Trust me, I will enroll 100 people in at least one study in the next two years. So I don't know if I'm outing you, Albert, or Alfred, uh, but I believe your goal is to sell your company for about 10 million in the next 10 years. Something like that, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Generate to develop a company and then sell it. Yes. Something where you could potentially retire, right? That is correct. I want to retire in the next 10 years and just do whatever I want to do. If it's create another business, if it's just go travel the world, but that's what I want to do. And Start that's not a podcast a, with Chris and Dan. Come on the not, Chris and Dan and Alfred show. Hey, we can. Hey, we can. I would not, love it. <laughs> not, a, not a bad goal. I, I see no, I think people, well, you know, it's easier for us to say in America, at least I think. I think people value, don't value their time enough, right? Yeah. They they put too much into, you know, developing their work opposed to developing their souls, themselves, their family. That's right. Else. At least that's my opinion. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that, but um, it's nice if you can get to the point where you're you're successful, satisfied with your achievements, and and you know you can stop. Yep. I agree. Well, before we get there, so because Al Alfred's got work to do, so Chris, you know, you deal a lot more with Alfred. I guess as we wrap up, oh, I'll throw this in there. If you are looking, Alfred's hiring. In case you haven't noticed, he's hiring. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry, Alfred. When I post this on LinkedIn, I'm going to lead with that. All right. Okay. Because LinkedIn, LinkedIn's crazy, man. First of all, I think you have unexplored potential in staffing with international medical graduates. Okay. These are doctors from other countries that moved here and due to immigration status or whatever, or maybe they don't want to go through and get their license here. They're looking for careers. They're willing to move. Maybe there's some already in Mississippi. Who knows? So I, I have a question. But we're going to lead with that. Alfred's hiring. <laughs> yeah, uh, Alfred is hiring. He's someone good. So I know you don't know this for sure, Dan, but just speculation on your behalf, because I really don't know. Would you say most IMGs don't try to become licensed in America or most do? Most try and most don't do. Yeah, because why? It's just very difficult. Very it's difficult. hard to go through the, to they go through the steps. Very, they make the test a lot harder than U.S. graduates uh from medical and, school and it's also difficult for them to get residency too right yes that too yeah, yeah. so it's an so, untapped potential like research this oftentimes they don't realize it's like a career for them and crcs like imgs they could be crcs they could be cras they could be ctms clinical trial managers they just need that I, 
I've even heard of one. I talked to one at an investigator meeting that was an IMG. Um, I believe he was Asian, if I remember correctly. This was years ago. But he was actually a medical monitor. And I asked, are you licensed? And he said, no. Oh, yeah, you can. But we interviewed one on Latinos in Clinical Research. Did, did we? I wasn't aware of that. You probably were not on it. But we interviewed her. And she was a IMG from Mexico that moved to San Francisco and is now a medical monitor by way of CRC. And a whole bunch of other stuff after. Yeah, same same with this guy. I was talking to him about it in the elevator. So um, these guys, they're out there. And Alfred, I think we can... I'll lead with that one. I post this on LinkedIn on Monday. Okay. This is going up on Monday on okay. LinkedIn and on YouTube. People are going to be hitting you up, man. Like, hey, Alfred, for real, man, where... So there's a lot of potential also in the MAs. There's potential. Phlebotomists, like the one you have, a lot mm-hmm. of potential. Uh, so, so I just wanted to get into that. If you're an IMG... You want to get into research, right? You can go work for Alfred. He's a nice guy. I can, I'll attest to that. Very nice guy. <laughs> he ain't going to yell at you too much. No, absolutely um, not. <laughs> no, no, no. If I or, have to yell at you, then it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> or, or take the CRA Academy, become a CRA, and eventually you can put your medical knowledge, you know, uh, you can take your skill as a, med- as a medical expert, an IMG. And you can apply that as a medical monitor. That's, that's another pathway. So Chris you got all kinds the, of pathways. Chris with the yes. right hooks, but I'm going to pass it right back to you, Chris. So you've been dealing with Alfred for 10 months, much more than me. For every conversation I have with Alfred, you probably have like 15 or 20. Mm-hmm. So what is your critique so far of Alfred's strategy and his opportunity in the next year? And then so, Alfred, I will say after Chris, same thing for you to us. What is your critique for our services? Ah, good question. I'm more interested in that. So, <laughs> so um, as far as Alfred goes, I think he's in a great situation where I don't think he can damage himself too much. If you're in LA or another very competitive area, especially Florida, you would not want to take the approach Alfred's taking. Um, because you're, what you're going to do is you're going to damage your reputation and you're in a very competitive area. They're not going to look at you again. Albert's in an area where it's not as competitive. So I think he can make some big mistakes, even not enroll a patient, and they'll come back to him again for another study. Good Just point. because Pharma needs that region. Yes, because it's needed. They'll take a gamble on Alfred. Well, they won't take a gamble on somebody in a competitive area. So do not take the approach Alfred's taking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think you're risking really damaging your ability to make revenue to make to generate revenue down the road i don't think alfred's doing that to himself um just because he's fortunate enough to be an area he's in so i think alfred's fine Uh, i I definitely didn't recommend what he's doing um i don't know if you would agree now or not i think he would that maybe he shouldn't have taken the approach he's taken but you know he's gonna learn he's certainly gonna learn (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're yeah. gonna learn gonna understand research and, and that you know it can be very stressful um because it's pretty easy initially right when you're just when you're just trying to get studies it's pretty easy once you get those studies it becomes much more difficult so that would that would be my advice i think alfred's fine I, and what I about think, his prospects like oh i think he's fine five years forward. down the road yeah he's fine he's not he hasn't damaged anything at this point okay and then what could he have done differently besides listen to you about expanding so quickly (laughs) like tactically like alfred's 
skill, his greatest skill, I think, is his ability to. I think it'll always influence, be right, but I, I think it'll always be easy for him to get studies. Like you were going down that road just now, and I interrupted. But I think it'll always be easy for him to get studies. So I don't think he needs to be concerned about that. What he needs to be concerned about is developing um, his SOPs for operations. Right, is how to do things and make sure they're done well or at least well enough um, so that A, he can can get patients, and B, he's not going to develop any kind of bad reputation necessarily, because you can still develop a very bad reputation, and sponsors will eventually not work with you. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't want to go down that road. So it's just a a matter of working out operations on Alfred's end. He has no problem getting, literally, he comes to me, uh, every once in a while, he comes to me, I got a new PI that's interested, and it's like, dude, just Turn them down for now. Keep them on the back burner. <laughs> yeah. You got enough on your plate. So yes. he, he has no problems getting doctors. He has no problems getting studies. It's it's developing operations and how to successfully handle that. His goal of ten million, uh, selling his company for ten million in ten years. If I if I have that right, he has no problem doing that. That means he needs to have approximately three million a year in revenue and EBITDA, right? EBITDA. right. In, in profits approximately three million a year i don't see that as any problem for him if he develops the right operations personally i don't see any problem for that oh yeah absolutely so the operations i think when you have surplus of cash coming in you might want to hire like a full-time quality control i don't know if it's like one of your strengths or weaknesses like operations no, no, no. Um, so that's a weakness of mine. I, yeah. I, because I'm a natural vi- visionary. And so most visionaries do not have the operational side. I can do it to make it work, but I'm a true visionary. So, yes, yes, I, I am looking. Um, you know, as the money start coming in, I am looking to bring somebody else just to focus on strictly operations. That's all I want them to do. Uh, operations, how to set the studies up, operations, how everyone should flow. They don't necessarily have to be technically a CRC, but I would like for them to work where they can understand whether they can put other things in place. And then I just want them to just work on the flow, the continuity of the flow of the business. That's all I want them to work with. Yes, I agree. I'm similar to you in that regard. Although I was forced to learn the operations because like, I, I was just thrown into it. So I know it now. Um, it's one thing to know it and one another to do it though. <laughs> to enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's still in the same boat. Um, and then we can talk, um, about like marketing and your community outreach, because I think, um, but I do want to get your feedback before we do that on us and our services. Uh, just be honest, man. It's only the internet. <laughs> no, you don't want the internet to damage anyone. You know, <laughs> try to damage bring people. it on, bring it on guys. Uh, We're ready. So, so I, I will say, so I'll start off with, as you always say, let's start off with positivity first. Um, I think you guys are doing a wonderful job. Um, Chris, uh, Chris is accessible, available. I don't see how he do it. Um, Chris, you know, he'll tell me, hey, respond to me by email. This is this, this. I can get back to you. And I do both. I'll call Chris. I'll send emails to Chris. And Chris will just reply back to me and say, hey, I'm in a meeting right now, but I'll definitely give you a call back. So I'll appreciate that because some things I can convey in a message um, that that's written in the email. Then there are just some I just don't want to convey in a message because I don't want to wait that long to even figure it out. I need to know the answer now. That's a little of the OCD in me. So excuse me on that, guys. But um, 
when it when it so just you know when it comes to the basic operations um i think you guys got it down pat um it's just that not being physically there i would like just a little bit more like how you say that you work with your day-to-day -day guys of you tell them a b c d guys i'm gonna let a secret in on you i was so green i didn't know what a temp tale was all right. <laughs> I had no clue what a tip tail was. I made my first mistake because the site called me and said, hey, I received this box. I say, open it up. And then they said, "Open it." <laughs> you know, I'm telling them, open it up. And then in the process of opening it up, because all of us are so green, um, the sub, I opened it up and she did not read the directions on the tip tail. And guess what happened? We had a tip excursion because of the fact of that. So I would say be adamant about that. Um, give, uh, I think you, I think if you guys had a what could go wrong when you don't pay attention, a uh, little flyer and give some things that could go wrong or day to day when you first see your IP drug, you got to make sure that your temperature control things are right. Just different things like that. Because as naive as we are, um, that makes us look bad because we're relying on you guys. And that's a lot of pressure for you guys, I will say. I wouldn't expect that. But if you just had like a basic one page or two pages just saying, hey, these are just the basic things that you need to do if you receive drugs. These are the basic things you do when you receive supplies. You know, even though it's common sense that you pick up and read what's in the box and you read this you'll be surprised like i wasn't at the site when they got their drug and i wasn't going to be able to get to the site until two days later because i had other responsibilities and because they did not read the documentation that was in there it um i told them to read it but i didn't hide on it because i didn't know what would be the issue if we do have a temperature control but after you fill out all that paperwork for temperature control and you got to wait and you're scared that you're not going to get the study, they're going to shut you down, then you know the importance of making sure you hit that stop button time it gets there. Mm -hmm. And so when we got drugs next time, I, because I was not so green this time, when I looked in the system and I saw that it got delivered and I told, I called them immediately, hey, this should be delivered in like the next 30 minutes. And I need you guys to hit the stop button. Just hit the stop button and then I can walk you through everything else. So some people just don't like to read. And so really, you probably want to find somebody <laughs> who, who wants to read uh, as a sub I or a PI. And um, that that would be my only thing is like giving us that first 20 things that we should do when we receive when we start up research or something like that or the, the first 10 things that we should do to just kind of prevent us from making that first mistake because I had a temp yeah. excursion. I wrote so, it down. There's a so, pre-study so, and then there's like we do have a the thing for like before you get a study, this is what you need. But so, now yeah. we should have one. Once you get a study, yeah. here's not how not to screw it up. Right. Stuff like that. So Casey, if you're watching, Dan and I have an assignment for you, unfortunately. I think. <laughs> She's not watching, but she will have an assignment. <laughs> Shout out to Casey, coordinator for 10 years, now works with us exclusively. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and Alfred's got a great point. We absolutely have to do this. Uh, to think of the first 20 hurdles as a new site owner that's research naive, what you're going to encounter that you've got to make sure you take care of and take care of correctly. Right. So, 
Casey'd be good for this. Well, you could break it down more. Like before you get a study. Well, we already have. We we already. We already have that for the most. Now it's like okay, you got your study. Here's what's gonna happen next. Like get on your trainings. When the drug comes in, when the supplies come in, what are the next twenty hurdles you got to worry about? Make sure you're taking care of correctly. Okay, Casey. Hope you're watching. <laughs> but I can help you out because I'm going through this right now. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just the That's I, great advice. Great advice. I love it, Alfred. Thank yeah. you. I think I that's love the only Alfred. thing that I would say that I would like to see the improvement for you guys. But other than that, y'all are great. Source documents, great, everything else. When it comes to what for me, the things that I need, uh, Dan, not Dan, I'm sorry. Chris, he um, you know, he's there. He he, he is there. Um, and then also, uh, I will say this, I like the honesty with Dan too, because Dan and I have had some conversations and then Dan told me, he was like, look, Alfred, Chris is going to be able to help you. I can't help you now because I'm starting a site myself, but we have people in place to help you. And I'll make sure you talk to Dan and I'll make sure you talk to Casey. So I'll appreciate the honesty because sometimes um, you know, in all of your videos, you and Chris are both the face. Sometimes you're the face on a lot of the videos. So a lot of people are going to expect to talk to you. So keep your honesty and let them know that, hey, Chris can handle it. Casey can handle it. And, and it's, it's just going to work out because, you know, I was like, oh, okay, no problem. Because my thing is, I knew that I had to get the work done. And I didn't care who I had to talk to. I just need to make sure that I talk to someone. So it didn't matter to me. If you all would have told me to go talk to this particular person, it wouldn't have bothered me because all I needed is access to the information. That's all Rosario, sure. Alfred needs source talk. <laughs> he deals yeah, with yeah. Alfred. He just, sent her, he just sent her an email yesterday. <laughs> yeah, we got a team. Too bad both Casey and Rosario are kind of camera shy. We can't get them on, but Chris is not. He'll come on with his yeah. Ronald Reagan shirt and... Uh, yeah, yeah, hippie, okay. hippie, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> we're a product. We're a product of Reaganomics, Alfred. Like there, there's. I'm so excited for you, man, because you and I told you this from day one. Like you have the potential to really like blow this thing out of the water, and I think one of the next things you can do once you get like some operations under control, mm-hmm. the study's gonna come on their own based on where you're at. But I think one of the things you can do, kill two birds with one stone by getting more studies and more patients is developing a marketing plan for the region you're in. So like I'm going to start doing in Yuma, I, I hiring um, my next coordinator. She's bilingual. She's going to interview business owners in Spanish from our community just to get the word out about Yuma, not even about research. Just in the beginning, it's going to be like, hey, we do studies. If you're interested, here's our number. Here's the owner of the sandwich shop. Let's talk to him. And then I have Katie who's going to do the same thing in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, principals, teachers of the school, whoever, just about Yuma. If you do something like that, and you don't even need to be the face of it. You can hire somebody. If you can do something like that, around your region where you're just interviewing business people or shop owners residents of the community sponsors are going to love that because they're going to say this guy actually is trying to get diversity into research Mm -hmm. but patients are going to also start calling so it's going to kill two birds with one stone and you can have this person who's creating the content also be a coordinator at the same time 
Yeah. Great, great, great advice, but Alfred, I wouldn't worry about that for the next six months. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, absolutely hey, not. Let yeah. me tell you, that's what I was just about to say. Dan, let us have this conversation six months from now. Not even I six, 12 you. months. I'm thinking 12 <laughs> months from now. <laughs> I guarantee you, I will implement it. I, I just can't implement it now with three No, no, seconds. no, it's not for now. It's definitely not for now. It's not even now for me. We're, I think I'm going to start in like January, February, but it's been like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, you're like a year away from that. But once you do, that's it, man. You're going to get studies coming in passively, patients coming in passively, doctors coming in passively. Yeah. That's all you got to yeah. do. Yeah. The, and the thing is, like Chris told you about how I just, I had to stop the doctors because I had four other doctors who wanted to come on. And then people found out and they told a friend and a friend wanted me to be all the way in Memphis and wanted me to do what site in Memphis. And I was like, I remember that nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, And I was like, I can't do all that. So let's just stick with these three. Let's try to make these three work and then just go from there. Employees will find you too. The right kind of employees will find you too. Yeah. So got this, man. I'm excited for you. So I'm going to hijack this onto a different topic for a moment. So I just Please. got an e- I guess got an email from another client, and I honestly don't know the answer to this. So, Dan, let's do go. it. Let's Alfred, do it. you'll know the answer now for future Pop equipment. quiz for Alfred. Okay. Let's have Alfred help first. And anybody else who's listening. Or All right, watching. let's do this. So it says, hi, Chris. I bought a refrigerator, and it has a freezer compartment as well. Is that right? Is that the right piece of equipment, or do I need a full-size independent freezer and refrigerator and i would say you need a independent freezer and refrigerator but i don't know i don't know what the right answer is to that depends like we have a freezer we don't even use it because it's for pk and we just ship instantly pk samples um on dry ice so So we have a freezer that's just sitting there so if it's two independent doors right you have a freezer door and you have a refrigerator door i think that would be okay i think it's okay if it's for the same study, even if they're not independent doors. But if it's if it's a refrigerator door and then you have a door inside, you know, like those little refrigerators, I don't yeah. think that would be okay to use as a freezer for a research study. As long Just as be- you can uh, control the temperature in both. Uh, yeah, I still don't think it would be okay. I'm going to tell them, no, it's not okay. What do you think? That's the safe answer. Yeah. They need to be independent. I think that's the safe answer too, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I have independent. Well, I have an independent freezer that we don't even use, and an independent fridge for refrigerated IP. Okay, so let yeah. let that be the lesson to everybody who's watching. We don't know the answers to everything. <laughs> there the are state- no answers to everything. This is the thing. unfortunately in research, this is so true. This is the thing, Alfred. Once this- you learn, you learn most of it already, but. You're going to learn that there are no more rules. It's now about guidance and how you apply and what you can justify. It's worse than that. So really, it boils down because the FDA, who's the oversight committee for Mm -hmm. research, does not give guidance on these topics. So all the sponsors make up their own rules. Yeah. So the safest way to approach this Ah. is... What's for Don't sure get me started, man? What's for Don't sure going to be okay with all the sponsors? And that's Don't get me started. I, that's the way I advise. Clients. I had a, a closeout visit. The CRA we use eSource eRec. When we put, he asked me, "Do a note to file for this, this, and this at the closeout visit." I'm like, "All right, boom." I type it on our letterhead. 
I upload it to Creo. I e-sign it on Creo. He says, thanks, but you didn't sign it. I say, yes, I did. It's an e-signature. He said, well, this is the way it looks. I said, no. If you look at it in Creo, it's signed. It's in our SOP. FDA accepts this. And he said, well, look how it looks in my TMF. I said, okay, <laughs> I'll do it for you, but the, just because I don't want to argue. But I, if I argued that, I would have won because FDA guidance is e-signature, same thing as wet ink. I didn't yep. want to argue with the monitor when I can just print it and sign it. But yep. that's an example. These guys are going to say it's okay. These guys are going to say it's not. I'm doing yep. the same exact thing. Once you know what you're doing, don't be afraid to push back either. Yes, I've I've literally had yelling arguments with C. Well, with one CRE. No, I wouldn't go that far. No, I did, and she was wrong, and I proved she was wrong, and then she said she was sorry at her next visit. But the point is, we did have a CRE make one of our coordinators cry too, and she was wrong. Yeah. So uh, the problem with with research is there are no absolutes, or I shouldn't say no, very few absolutes. It really boils down to the sponsors you're working with and what they want. And unfortunately, they're all different. Man, what an episode. This is an episode for the ages. Alfred's going to get his 10 million. No, Alfred, that's inflation, man. You're going to get like 15 or 25 (laughs) by the time you do it. I'm sure not there yet, young guy. No, no, you got a long way to go. You can't even do a podcast yet. You need to take it easy real quick. Get the operation. But we'll do it piece by piece, man. That's right. 10 years along, you can get a lot done in 10 years. Look how much you got done in 10 months. Yes, sir. I agree. Amazing, man. Well, Alfred's LinkedIn's underneath. Thank you for the story. Thank you for the inspiration. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for teaching people like who might be in your shoes. You were you were there watching these videos two of years course. ago. Now you're doing it. Yeah. Amazing, man. What a what a time to be alive. Alfred, um, you don't want more studies, but what's your company name and your LinkedIn's underneath anyways? All right. So my LinkedIn is not up to date. You're probably still going to see me with LinkedIn. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> when, yeah. when I was a financial advisor with this particular company that I probably need to remove off of there now. No, so you have, you have that, but you have medical sales. That's the latest okay. thing you have. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the name of my company is Safe Haven Clinical Research. That is Safe Haven Clinical Research. And we are here to bring uh, a new look to um, to clinical research. Uh, my goal is to bring more minorities in research, if that's Black, African-Americans, or if it's Hispanics or anyone else. But our goal, main target, is to bring more minorities into research. Um, so that's what I'm passionate about. So that's who we are. Um, to anyone that's out there that are watching um, watching this or seeing it on LinkedIn, seeing it on YouTube, you know, if it's any sponsor companies that's out there, we will be glad for you to contact us. Um, our website is safehavencr.com. It's safehavencr.com. And you guys can come and contact us and we'll be glad to take on any study um, that we see needed fit. But give us about another month or so until we can uh, close out this one study, well, three studies and start the other one, then we'll be ready to get on to another one. I love this website, man. It's it's simple, but it's nice. It has everything there. I told you you don't need me to make your website. 
I told you that. You guys hey, did actually, it. my VA actually made it for me. Beautiful. But this is, yes. I told you, this is, put your name out there. Sponsors are going to come because of your location. Chris, absolutely right. And you are, I know you don't feel like it, but one of our success stories so far. Oh, no. um, I, I definitely don't. But hey, if you say it, then I'll believe it. Would you I agree, know... Chris? So it depends on. Chris how is you... tougher jury. Yeah, it depends on how you view success, right? I mean, technically, he was not a success story if you're viewing it solely on revenue generated. Right. right. He's not. Uh, in terms of his path or his trajectory, absolutely. So it just depends on what your view of success is. Um, you know, like I forwarded him, forwarded him another client that's looking to sell their site. I uh, forward, uh, forward that very, yeah, I forwarded it to you as well. Um, that, that's looking to sell their site, and, was, and they've only been doing this for. They started research naive, just like Alfred. They've been doing this for less than three years, and they're looking at selling their site for a pretty penny. So they've already had Alfred offers. will be there in three years. He's going to turn them down and say, "No, I'm not done yet." And <laughs> and they're and they're in a competitive area, unlike Alfred. So his goals are very legitimate, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alfred. Alfred's playing Monopoly, and he's got like he. You already going to get a Monopoly on <laughs> your region, like before the uh, next year's over. Like the you. You're going to get the operations figured out, and it's going to be smooth sailing from there. There's going to be times you got to get involved. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to do QA. You're going to have audits or capo plans or all that stuff, but it's going to work out well in the long run. Yes, I believe so. And uh, just as long as I stay consistent and, and, and still take, you know, tidbits and, and, and uh, mentorship from you guys, I think I'll be fine. We're here. We're not going anywhere. Thank you so much, Alfred. Everybody like, subscribe, comment, share. Check out Alfred's LinkedIn below. He'll update it. Don't worry. He's busy. He don't have time to update it right now, but you can still connect with him. Right. Catch you all later. Bye-bye.